I'd like to turn your attention to Zechariah chapter 1. Um, I give honor to, first of all, all of the saints of God that are here tonight. And um, the Bible says to give honor where honor is due. And um, we believe in honors, honoring the ministry, but I believe these ministers would agree with me. We believe in honoring the saints. And um, thank you for being here and um, give honor to all the pastors, ministering brethren that are here. And um, the great pastor and his wife of this church, and I love them. And um, the bishop, I love the bishop and Sister Cavanagh, appreciate them and the entire family. They mean a whole lot to me, and very, very thankful for them. And uh, I don't want to start naming names; I get in trouble. But uh, I could listen to Brother Longhorn sing the rest of the night. Praise God! And uh, aren't you thankful for anointed singing? The anointing makes all the difference. Zechariah chapter one. Verse number 18. Then lifted I up mine eyes and saw, behold, four horns. And I said unto the angel that talked with me, What be these? And he answered me, These are the horns which have scattered Judah. Israel and Jerusalem. And the Lord showed me four carpenters, and then I said, What come these to do? And he spake, saying, These are the horns which have scattered Judah, so that no man did lift up his head. But these, somebody say these, these carpenters are come to fray them and to cast them out. The very horns that came and did their scattering, these carpenters shall come. And one translation says, and they will dehorn them. I want to preach tonight for a little while to this great gathering of people of precious like faith from this thought, subduing, scattering spirits, subduing, scattering spirits, subduing, subduing. Scattering spirits. And in case you don't understand, by definition, the strength that that word subdue carries, let me define it for you. To conquer and to bring into subjection. 
Would you put your Bibles down and lift your hands and ask God to talk to us here for the next few moments? information contained within these four verses. I'd like to begin tonight with the hook that initially drug drew me into this. There's a lot of key words and we will, the Holy Ghost will help us, we will un- pack this tonight, but the thing that first stood out to me was who it was that was under attack. As a student of the Word of God, it's not often that you see these three listed like this consecutively together. We will talk about the attack and we will talk about what the attack brings. But I want you to first understand who it is that is under attack. The angel tells the prophet that it is Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem that is being attacked. This is important because these three are the totality of the righteous seed of Abraham. Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. These three are the totality of the righteous seed of Abraham. They were made righteous, you and I know, as we read the Old Testament, Testament by the covenant that was made between God and Abraham. And so now, it should, if it hasn't already, hopefully in the next few moments, you will understand even to a greater degree the significance of our subject here tonight. It is not just anybody that is under attack. It is the righteous seed. It is the righteous seed. The Bible says that there there are four horns here. Horns, four horns. Now I'm not here tonight uh, to pontificate and try to uh, discuss with you or argue with you as to what um, whether these were four horns on one particular beast. In fact, there are many theologians that believe that it was four separate. Beast with horns, that's really irrelevant to where we're trying to go tonight. But it's important that you understand that it was four powers. Four symbols of power. Four, four powers. In fact, 
I think if we look at this metaphorically tonight, come on, when I think of fours, I think of direction. I think that four is a significant number to us in the 21st century as Western apostolic Christians that four safely can be used symbolically as direction. So now let me draw this up for you. Hallelujah. The righteous seed. The righteous seed is being attacked. The Bible says specifically it is being scattered. Come on. From all four directions. Righteousness is being attacked. Come on now. Come on, where am I at tonight? I thought I was in an apostolic church. Righteousness is being attacked. Righteousness. I thought I was in a holiness church here tonight. Righteousness is being attacked. Righteous churches are being attacked. Righteous preachers are being attacked. Righteous young people are being attacked. Righteous preachers' wives are being attacked. We... Hallelujah. The righteous seed, the future, the preservation, come on, of the authenticity of the apostolic message is being attacked. Not just righteous people, but righteousness, come on, specifically is being attacked. Come on, let me stand here tonight flat-footed and tell you there is still something to living righteously. Righteously. Hallelujah. I think we ought to, I think we ought to be right in how, in how we conduct ourselves. I think we ought to be right in how we dress. But I also think we ought to be right in our spirit and right in our attitude and right in how we treat one another. Hallelujah. I refuse to apologize for my youth tonight, but I'm telling you on the verge of 38 years old, I am more determined than ever to stand in the gap. Come on and follow the footprints of these elders. I am going to stand for righteousness. Let the world try to attack us. It's still right to live right. trying to use dissonance and hypocrisy to demean in the minds of this next generation that there's really nothing to this righteous way of living. He wants, come on now, you, it's here tonight. I'm, you took your time, so I'm gonna take mine. He wants to take situations of infidelity and unfaithfulness, come on, and perversion of people that were so called righteous, and he wants to tell our young people, you see there, 
There's nothing to separation. There's nothing. There's no right doctrine. There's no right way to be saved. There's no right way to live. I've come to stand here tonight and tell you that is those four horns that are attacking the righteous seed of the apostolic church. Hallelujah. I need some young people to help me. Righteousness may be being attacked. Come on. But there's still some young people that love right doctrine. Come on. Right apparel. Right attitude. A right spirit. The right treatment of one another. The purpose of these four horns. Brother Aston has come up. The angels make the prophet privy to the fact that these spirits want to scatter Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. God's going to have a church. Brother, we are being attacked from every direction. Hallelujah. Every kind of strange wind and doctrine that you can imagine. Every trick and gimmick. Do you hear me? Come on. The devil's pulling all the stops. Come on. He is trying to scatter. Scatter. He is trying to scatter the righteous seed. He is trying to divide and scatter the body of Christ. people that preach in defense of the gospel and rightly so but we need to hear more preaching come on of people that are in defense of the body of Christ come on there is still something to brethren that dwell in unity can I preach tonight I didn't know who was going to be here. Come on, surely you can take strong preaching. I'm not picking on anybody, but I'm telling you, it's spirits. Come on. It is a spirit. It is a scattering spirit. Something's wrong when people have had relationship their entire life and the silliest things are dividing. Come on, one another. The silliest things are pitting one church against another. Come on. I'm not talking about doctrinal differences. I'm talking about we are splitting hairs. We are gagging. Are you hearing me? We are gagging on a camel and we are divided and nobody wins when we're divided but the devil. Relationships that we need. Relationships that we have had. Notice what it said. If you will listen to me read, I emphasize. The Bible says, they have scattered. I'm not here tonight in any way, shape, or form to tell you that there's a devil out there that's so powerful that he cannot be defeated. But I think we may be out of balance the other way. There is a devil out there. 
This is not something coming, Sister Wendell. This is something going on. They have scattered. This was not something prophetically. Come on, are you hearing me right now? Brother Conroe, this was not something. The angels didn't tell the prophet, put your guards up. Come on, scattering spirits are going to come. No, this angel told the prophet, he's already scattering. Sons scattered from their spiritual fathers. Lifetime friendships. Come on. You can say, well, it was a difference over here. And you can blame it on that party. Or you can throw feet at the fault of that party. But let's call a spade a spade. It's a scattering spirit that wants to destroy the righteous seed. My generation, most of them, and this is where it started. It was just coming on. And there was a lot of us that made, made it through by just raw hunger and tiptoeing our way through some of this stuff. But this next generation... They're so confused. I've been preaching this for months. Families divided. People in one church going to one church that's apostolic. That have been told they're not supposed to speak to somebody else. And another church that's apostolic. Who is the real enemy here? Scattering spirits. And this generation is not going to win their way through this confusion and chaos. It is dissonance. It is a cacophony of confusion to this generation. And I'm going to tell you where your kids at. We got to get our act together because your kids, the enemy has told them that everything in the tub is dirty. What I'm trying to tell them is throw the dirty, the dirty bathwater out, but keep the baby. Come on. There is still something too apostolic. Come on. Authority and an apostolic lifestyle and apostolic doctrine. Righteousness is still right. Apostolic authority still right, Brother Longhorn. I don't care who misuses it, who abuses it, and who misserves it. It's still right. Scatter these powers from every direction have rose up to scatter the righteous seed. Not only have these spirits, these authorities rose up to scatter the righteous seed. But it says specifically here in these four verses. 
that no man can lift up his head. All these are connected. I said they're all connected. And all of the stuff that's going on and all of the divisiveness and all of the fussing and feuding and and all of the disunity. I just read a book. I don't remember who the author was. I'd give him credit, but the book was called Tribe. He gives statistics after September 11th. Of the numbers of people that typically in New York City on a weekly visit, weekly on a weekly basis visit psychiatric wards. He gives the statistics of how the number of psychiatric patients needed care in the months. God have mercy. In the months following this great tragedy on September 11th where the Twin Towers were slammed into by terrorists. Prescription for, for, for depression. Are you hearing me right now? Went down. In fact, not only were there less people that were being prescribed antidepressants, but they noticed the pharmac- the pharmacies noticed that there actually people that had prescriptions for antidepressants were not filling those prescriptions. Why? Because there was a tragedy that for a short period of time, come on, pull those people together, different ethnicities, come on, different beliefs, different backgrounds. You know what I've been praying? I am sick and tired of a depressed, defeated spirit in the apostolic church. I want God to do whatever he has to do to bring us back together again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're depressed because we're divided. We're walking around with our head down because we're trying to do it by ourselves. Come on, are you hearing me? This is not going to get done with a Lone Ranger mentality. We've got to have one another. I need you more than I've ever needed you. And i got news for you. You need me more than you've ever needed me. Am I doing okay? He said, the scatteredness was so great that no man could lift his head. I feel this in churches as I travel across this nation. Preachers can't lift their heads. Preachers' wives can't lift their heads. It's no wonder, it's no wonder that it's been years. Come on, how many remember the old touch? Come on, getting in a service where there was a true touch of vision. Come on, we're not, we don't have those kind of services anymore. The 1960s. We don't have those kind of services anymore. J.T. Pugh told me just a few weeks before he died, or maybe a couple of months, we were on the phone, and he said, right before I let him go, it was our last conversation. He said, boy, listen to me. And we weren't close. God just gave me a relationship with him right there at the end. He said, there is a dying message in Pentecost. And I said, what is it, elder? He said, it's the call of God. 
You know why we haven't been in any of those kind of services in a long time? Because there is so much division and dissonance that it's causing us to slump our heads. Listen, and when you got your head down, elder, you can't see anything but right where you're at. It's a scattering spirit. Our greatest enemy. Do you know what our enemies have said about the United States of America? Our greatest enemies have made up in their mind. Leave them alone. Don't even mess with them. They'll destroy themselves. Come on. I want to tell you. The apostolic church's greatest enemy is not Hollywood. While I hate it, it's not movie stars. While I hate that spirit, our greatest enemy, come on, is the person we look at in the mirror every day. No vision. To beg, and we've got missionaries here tonight. Beg for missionary offerings. No vision, no sacrifice. It's because scattering spirits have come in and have scattered to the point that people walk around with their head down and you cannot see with any kind of vision. But you better hear me. I do not mean this presumptuously, but I believe if God has ever sent me as an oracle from God, he has sent me to this service tonight knowing who would be here and knowing the situations to tell you that a scattering people, a scattered people, a scattered people are a lost We've done just like Israel. They've gone to the north and they've got their thing they do up there. And their other ones have gone to the south and they've got their place of worship down there. And we spend all of our time not reaching the world, not exemplifying the love of God to the world. We spend all our time saying, he's our God. No, he's our God. We got it right. No, we got it right. What? No wonder our people don't mess with me. I'll tell you where the drug house is at today. It's not down in the slums. There's a pharmaceutical drug house right here tonight. Our people have to take pills to go to sleep and take pills to function during the day and take pills to be happy. You know why? All we're doing is looking down. Come on, can I preach the Shelby deal? Come on, you go ahead and get irritated. Some of you, this man rubs you the wrong way. You know why? Because some of you have looked down for so long and God sent you a man here to help you get your head up and see God's got a revival. God's got miracles. God's got growth. God's got miracles and signs and... A scattering... People is a perishing people. Because without a vision. Judah. You think it's any kind of accident? I don't have to break it down for you. I'm in an apostolic church. You know what Judah is. But let me remind you of something. Judah doesn't mean praise. 
They're looking at you, elder. Keep my back here. It doesn't mean praise. It does not mean praise. It means I will praise the Lord. Two different deals. Two different deals. One's a choice. The other's just noise. And he specifically says, not only are they being scattered everywhere, not only is righteousness being scattered, not only is there no vision, but Judah is being scattered. What's happened to the lingering services? David, I love you. I love what we did here tonight. But I'm telling you, there is a yearning. And some of you guys know what it is. And I think you've probably been talking about it. And we've been praying about it. Come on, if you're going to do it, do it right. And I'm thankful. I am thankful for the excellence in which they do it right with. But I'm not talking about this stuff that's an inch deep and a mile wide. I'm talking about when it breaks out. When Judah really breaks out in a service. Come on. And we don't need a keyboard player. And we don't need it. But it's been scattered. It's been scattered. I'm not trying to create fear or dismay tonight. What a mess. They didn't wish it. They didn't want it. The latest statistic said, and of course these are not apostolic churches, but it's, it's applicable. Christian churches are closing in North America at the rate between 12,000 and 15,000 churches a year. Christianity is under attack. Marriage is under attack. Biblical marriage is under attack. I imagine about now prophets feeling like some of you feeling. What's the use? Mess. In fact, some of you have already resigned to the fact that it's gone so far that nothing can be done about it. In my mind, if Zachariah was feeling the way I felt as of recent, well, you stick your hands in your pocket and that's what I got to live with. And you walk away and say, okay, God, that's the way I thought it was. So here we go. We're going to make the most of it. But as he's walking away, God says, wait a minute, man of God. He said, there's a solution. <laughs> there's, a, there's a solution. There's a solution to this scattering spirit. I want to I wanna give you some insight. Come on, into the solution. I want to tell you what you got to do to stop the bleeding. I want to tell you what's got to happen. Come on, to stop the sadness and defeat the depression and bring the vision back. 
said there were there were four carpenters. Builders. Halabohushata. Not a dead church. Not a dormant church. He said, upon this rock, I have built my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You know what's got to happen? You know what we got to do to combat these scattering spirits? We got to go back to building. Carpenters. Come on. He told the prophet the solution to this problem is carpenters. Carpenters. Builders. He said, and these builders walked in. Who taught? And said, it uses the word phrase. It comes in and subdues and takes authority of all of these scattering spirits that are trying to destroy the righteous seed of God. This spirit that has come in and discouraged the church. Come in and lied to this generation that there's nothing to this. Come on. I'm telling you there's something exciting about, about the sound of a hammer. There's something, there's something exciting about the fresh smell of lumber. Pastors. Pastors, come on, give me a, I need some pastors to wave your hand right now. Brother Brown, I see you back there. I can preach to you. You want to know how you save your kids? Come on, I can tell you how to save your kids. Find something to give them to do. Put them to work. Come on, hit that pulpit with a spirit of excitement. We're not staying down. Come on, we're going up. We're going up. We're going to have revival. Plug them in somewhere. So there's some things. If we're going to subdue the scattering spirits as carpenters, that we're going to have to rebuild. They're going to leave tonight, Sister Wendell, and say this was old-fashioned, but you couldn't pay me a bigger compliment. There's some things that got to be rebuilt. prophet didn't build a new altar. He rebuilt the old altars. And I'm going to tell you right now, if we're going to subdue these scattering spirits that's trying to destroy the righteous seed, somebody's going to have to go back to building altars. My God, we've missed 
embrace it because we got this. Oh, here we go. What you got to do is you got to build a band. You got to build a good music department. You got to come on now. You just got it. You better be honest. Come on. You think, well, if I build this big old gym and I spend a couple hundred thousand dollars, the gym, come on. If I build a youth program, come on. That's what's going to hold my kids. That's what's going to keep my kids here. Come on. If I build in some kind of, uh, some kind of stuff, stuff for them to do every week. No, you want to save the next generation? We better go back and start building altars. Our problem is not the charismatics. Our problem is no consecration. No consecration. When the carpenter showed up, when the builders, but it kind of, and I'm not talking about this remodeling. Little spirit that's floating around. I don't like that either. Yeah, it's just too loud. The lights out in the auditorium before church and people praying everywhere until five minutes before church. That's offensive to guests. I'm going to wear this out tonight. We ain't standing around with our head down. And I've been guilty of setting the tables with my head down, talking about how bad the scattering spirits are. What are we doing to combat it? We're losing this generation because they know where their skirling's supposed to be. They know where their sleevelings supposed to be. They know they're not supposed to have makeup on their face or the haircut, but they've never fallen in love with God. They don't have a relationship. They don't have an altar. They don't have somewhere where they pray on their own. would show up. My prayer is at the carpenters. I prayed that a carpentry spirit I prayed that a building spirit would show up tonight and a young person would leave here with their mind made up. I'm going to get my own walk with God. I'm going to learn to pray. I'm going to fall in love with my Bible. I'm going to fall in love with truth. I'm going to fall The only way we're going to stop these scattering spirits is somebody goes back to building altars. And I'm going to tell you young people something right now. If you make it, it won't be just because your mom took you when you were two weeks low and laid you up on that altar. 
I wish sometimes I could bequeath my kids this. I got a 13 year old now and I listened to some of you preach years ago and didn't know what you're talking about. But I know now when I lay there, come on, looking at the ceiling, wondering, have I done everything that I could do? But at the same time, I understand that at some point that boy is going to have to crawl up on that altar that his mama laid him on and say, God, here I am. Here's my future. Here's my talents. Here's my abilities. Here's my dreams. Here's my ambitions and that's a problem that's why these scattering spirits are prevailing is we've got a generation that hasn't made their way back to the altar their mama laid them on and say God I'm doing it for me I'm praying for me I'm not praying for pastor I'm praying for me I'm not praying easy for scattering spirits when there's no intercessory prayer going on. I remember the first time it hit me. I was about 16. And when it got a hold of me, before that was all said and done, I didn't have a voice. But I thought somewhere in the throes of all of that. If this doesn't turn me loose, it's going to kill me. I wonder how many young people are in this place tonight that have prayed until you innervated every bit of energy to where you felt like you were on the threshold of death's door. Well, I just can't. Don't tell me you can't. You spend three or four hours a day on a, on a stupid gaming system. Being stimulated by this trash right here. The dumbest junk. You're spending all day long moving your thumb around. Being sickly stimulated by this. Well, I'm not watching pornography. I've got bigger concerns than you watching pornography. Come on. Why don't you take that time and crawl in a hole somewhere. And say, God, I want to know you. In the power of your resurrection. And in the fellowship of your suffering. I don't know what you guys are seeing. And I'm too young for them to be after me. I look at this next generation. And they're not after it like I was after it. Yeah. I've been in a few services where that old man will brush or something. Kind of startles them You can't get them to turn loose those oxen in that plow. They're worried about college. Their first car. When has it hit us so strong? 
I wanted a truck and trailer to evangelize the world before I ever wanted a red sports car. I don't see young men. I don't see them pursuing elders the way I pursued elders. I look back now and it's embarrassing. I knew I, I know there was times I was a nuisance. I'd get around guys like Brother Howard and I, I'm telling you, I wouldn't have, I couldn't go, I wouldn't go sleep, I wouldn't go into the restaurant until I slipped around and found, I didn't care if it was going to inconvenience him, it didn't make me any difference, but I wasn't going to leave there until the elder laid his hands on my head. We better go back home and start building altars. I'm going to tell you something else, young people. You better go home and start building walls. Worship with no walls. It's dangerous. Just ask Nehemiah. 13 years to build the temple. And 70 years later, the walls are still laying in ruins. Worship without walls is dangerous. Spirit without standards is dangerous. I'm talking about your own personal convictions. Because we've reached a place now. 30 years ago, we could preach against a box in somebody's home. But you can't just do that by itself anymore. Because they carry the box in their back pocket. And they carry the box to school. Come on. You know what's got to happen? We can't preach it the way Solomon preached it. Solomon said, just stay away from her corner. Ladies and gentlemen, the seductress is not just on the corner of First and Central anymore. She is among us. She is with us. You know the only way you're going to keep from getting scattered? you got to have personal walls. you got to build up personal convictions. Not what can I do and get by with it. Not how little can I do and still have clearance to sing in the choir. He said the only remedy, the only solution for this scattering spirit is builders. Thirty years ago you could say don't do this. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't preach specifics anymore. I'm not going to quit preaching against television. But, but you just can't preach against television anymore and cover the basis. Used to, you could say in Solomon's day, don't go to First and Central because that's where she stands. She goes to bed with us now. She lays on the nightstand next to us. 
She's as close as a couple of clicks while we're bored. You gonna do preach against phones? You gonna preach against the internet? Come on. Let's wise it up a little bit. I'm not saying, come on now, don't misunderstand me. I'm telling you, if there's a wall there, I'm not tearing it down. There's a reason somebody put the wall there. But I'm telling you, the only way this generation is going to be saved, it's got to be more than specifics. There's got to be, come on, you got to have your own standards. You... Pull me that chair out there. Pull me that chair. Standards, you got to have your own standards. Interestingly enough, look at the biggest word in the word standard. It's stand. You gotta take your own stance. You gotta build a I haven't turned my kids completely loose with these things yet. Because I'm still praying about. Come on. I got a 13 year old that has one right now. But I'm telling you it's got so many restrictions on it. The kid can't hardly. ain't probably no reason even even having it. But I'm telling you I've made my mind up. I'm going home and putting a box outside of my bedroom. And there's going to be a time every night. Including daddy's. That all of that right there goes in the box. And we don't touch it until the. You feel that tighten up? You feel that tighten up? Well, that's nonsense. No, it's not. I don't want to be defeated. I want to have fresh vision. I don't want righteousness to be scattered. you got to build up a standard. Your parents have already proven. They've already turned you loose with the dumb things. They've already proven they're not going to restrict you. So why don't you start tonight by taking it to them and saying, look, here, you keep this till in the morning. Here, you, here, you keep this until in the morning. I'm going to bed and I'm going to fall asleep. I'm going to fall asleep reading my Bible. Worship with no walls is dangerous. I'm thankful for my old pastor. He's been gone since 99. I got it in my crawl. I was going to play ball. And I said, you're going to go talk to him. I sat down in his office. He said, can I help you? I told him what I wanted to do. You know what he told me? Brother, I'm telling you, inside I was dancing and shouting and thinking, my God, he's changed his stand. There was a long pause. He said, that'd be fine. He said, if you can do it, with the clear conscience of knowing that it's not going to take anything away from your relationship with God. 
And he put the onus back on me. I'm going to tell you right now, I do some things, not because it's a heaven or hell issue. I want to keep the horns out. Tell you every once in a while, I have to myself. I have to detox from. I have to detox from the news. I get to feeling this. I'm like, ooh. Even Fox News. Your God, you're even worse condition if you're reading something else. But I realize, oh, I start feeling it. See, I'm gonna. Leave that alone for a while. There's something else we better start going to work on, and I'm coming to a close. We started, we better start working on building up one another. I want somebody to give me the benefit of the doubt. I want somebody to give me the benefit of the doubt. I want to be innocent until biblically, according to the biblical proof of guilt, two or three witnesses. But that's not the kind of treatment I'm going to get unless that's the kind of treatment I've been giving everybody else. There's a situation going on right now, and this guy and his family is being absolutely tore up. Churches, it, it's a one, it, it's a good thing they got a right spirit, and and they're still a little naive. It, 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 people trying to tear the church up, tear the family up, and tear, and it's all over some pictures they got of new converts not dressed right. On outreach, double whammy. If God wasn't mad for them offending the little ones, I'm telling you, he sure enough got ticked when he found out somebody was talking about the little ones that were on outreach. Well, it got quiet in here, but I'm just telling you that's the truth. We are not going to keep a scattering spirit out of the church if we keep tearing one another up. I'm not doing it. Even if I don't like the guy's spirit. Come on. I'm going to find something I like. It may be his shoes. It may. Man, he keeps a good shine on his shoes. But I'm not going to be guilty of having my brother's blood on my hands. Young people. We're not, come on, we're not opponents. We're not adversaries. We're on the same team. If we're going to keep scattering spirits at bay, we're going to have to learn to build one another up. This is not a Friday night message, Brother McDonald. I'm sorry. Uh, you should have had me come preach Bible class today. This is... You know, 
subduing, scattering spirits. Where are the carpenters? I thank God for all of the fingerprints of ministry that's on my life. I can tell you the reason I'm here today. It was builders, lay people with a building spirit in the local church. People you've never heard of. Their names won't be on the marquee for the next big conference. But they were local church builders within the church. It built me up. I remember days thinking, if I could just get to church and get me one of them Debbie Johns hugs. She wasn't a pastor's daughter. She wasn't a preacher's wife. Just a carpenter with the ministry of building somebody up. And I remember thinking after a hellish day at school, if I can just get there and Linda Short looked me in the eyes so many times and said, I believe in you. It's building up one another. It's not finding things to criticize Brother Sparks about. It's me coming off the platform. And I, it's not fame during church. Touching because I believe in what he's doing. Building him up, man. Stay after it. You're going to have revival there. We make all kinds of other phone calls to chew people out and slander one another. When's the last time you just spent a Saturday making calls encouraging people? Hey, I'm going to tell you, I'm... I'm 38 and God's been good, almost 38 and God's been good to me, but I'm still just like the rest of you. I like to be affirmed. Yes, sir. That's why God gave me this guy. Not to affirm me, to keep me humble. Praise God. I get around him and I feel like I can take hell on with a super soaker. Last but not least, something's fixing to blow in here. Better build altars, better build walls, better learn to build up one another. Carpenters, that's the answer. The spirit of carpentry. Where's the nails and hammers? Where's the sound of construction? You say, well, I thought we were about the work of God. Well, Jesus was the son of a carpenter his hands for his hands ever wrap themselves around the verse vial of water and turn it to wine he was a builder we better build altars we better build walls we better learn to build one another up Last and definitely not least, 
better learn to build yourself up. And you know how you do that? Thank you, Sister Wendell. You know how you do that? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Building up your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Paul said, I'm proud of the fact that I prayed. I talked in tongues more than you all. Let me tell you, if Paul had to talk in tongues as much as he had to talk in tongues, who are we to think? Let's get smart. But education cannot substitute praying in the Spirit. Let's study. Come on. But doctrines, come on, and degrees will never separate. Get it in the Holy Ghost. It blow your mind. In fact, I'm going to do it tonight. I'm going to do what I feel. It blow your mind how many kids in this building right now are spiritually tongue-tied. They've got kids right now in this building right now don't even know if they have the Holy Ghost. There's kids in this building when it comes to praying in the Spirit, dread comes all over them. Because they sweat through their shirt. It's not just kids, it's young marriage. Something needs to be addressed. Talking in tongues ought to be as natural and normal to us as opening our mouth and talking in English. I don't even like saying it's second nature. I think it ought to be first nature. How many kids in this building? It'd blow your mind how many kids. How many people in this building? I'm going to make it all inclusive. They can't pray and just within just a few minutes be able to. You'll do more in 10 minutes praying in the spirit than you will two hours praying in English. I don't want you to build altars. If you're not going to talk in tongues on them. Because all that becomes is a display. A show and performance for everybody else. Yep, It's a stage. It's not an altar. It's a stage. We need service leaders that talk in tongues. We need drummers. God forbid. No, not God forbid. God grant it. I'm telling them on the most carnal. Sorry, Grant. One of the most carnal places in the church house is right in them dumb drum cages right there. And I know because I sat there for many years. My God, when's the last time we went to service where we weren't so all prim and proper and everything so orderly that the Holy Ghost just get on and, and people just start flying off the platform, flying out in the 
and I cut I cut my teeth on people not being able to go ahead and finish the song because they couldn't stop talking in tongues. I cut my teeth on men of God walking to the pulpit and some coming on them and all they could do was stand there and weep and talk in tongues. I got a lot of memories that I cherish and I don't want to forget. But the ones of the Conroe that are most sacred to me are up underneath the pew somewhere. Not on a vacation, not... And I hope it's okay to describe it this way. It's an out-of-the-body experience. And all you can really hear is just the faint sound of an organ somewhere. You don't care if anybody's there. You don't care if everybody's still there. You don't care if you don't get to eat. You don't... You're lost. subdue scattering spirits we got to get back in the spirit you think we're going to fight scattering spirits having ritualistic dead when's the last time the holy ghost I don't even like the rhetoric. I don't even like the verbiage. We have a good service and we leave and say, well, the Holy Ghost really took over tonight. Dear God, what an indictment. God has to take over. When's the last time church started in the prayer room? survive we better we better build it back up you better you better know how to get in the spirit we're fighting too many faceless things and the bible says that when we pray in the spirit when we pray in the holy ghost praying and those things that are unknown we don't know what to call them we don't know I'm not going to try to preach anything that I hadn't talked in tongues over first
scattering spirits. May we dehorn spirits that want to scatter the righteous seed. Take the praise out of the mouth of Judah. shove our faces so far down that there's no longer open vision. (laughs) I wish your heritage was enough. But it's not. you to know every time I come to this part of the country I finally get my finger on it tonight it grieves God scatteredness grieves God I'm telling somebody tonight there's some relationships you need to go back and rebuild. How different would things have been when Abraham... Do you understand that Abraham and Lot's problems were not even Abraham and Lot? They separated over somebody else's problems. I've often wondered how history would have been rewritten when Abraham came to Lot and said, we got to separate. If Lot would have stood on his head with his hair on fire and said, no, no. Everything I got's because of you. Scattered. Scattered. And I hate to be the, the voice and the clarion. I hate to be, I hate to say this tonight, but I'm telling you there is pending perversion. In the next couple of years, if God tarries, you'll watch it where situations, dear God, I don't want my kids to fall headlong off into something because of something I set into motion way back here. I tell you what I believe is going to happen 
I'll be honest with you, I'm standing here wondering who in the world God's talking to because I don't know, but I'm going to say what I'm hearing and repeating. I believe that somebody in this place is going to go out of here and make things right between you and your pastor. In fact, I believe it's going to happen before you leave the building. It's not the will of God for you to be at odds with your pastor. You better go back and rebuild that relationship. You're a train wreck waiting to happen. Well, I'll just go get me some elders. You're a train wreck waiting to happen. Well, they won't receive me. How do you know? you gone to them with a contrite a broken and a repentant spirit you think a, do you think a dad whether in the flesh or spirit if it's really his son tell me brother long I'll change what I'm preaching come on you got sons in the Lord if one of your sons went wayward and they came back to you with the right spirit does somebody really with the spirit of the father is he going to turn his son away I think sometimes these young cats think these elders just go on and they it doesn't even bother them. They just go on to somebody else. I'm telling you, they grieve the rest of their days over their boys that are no longer right there with them. My pastor's got all kinds of people connected to him. And I don't mean this arrogantly, but I had to learn it the hard way. No one will ever take my place. Whether I'm in it or not, nobody will ever take it. There's a place in my heart or his heart where I belong. If you're here and you want to be a part of what's fixing to open up in this service in the next few moments, and I believe it's going to be powerful. I want you to come out from where you're standing and put come in as close as you can to the front of this building right now. You're going to have to press in the aisles. Come on. you to open your mouth right now we're not going to do it 30 minutes from now we're not going to do it 10 minutes from now we're not even going to do it 5 minutes from now we're going to do it right now I want you to open your mouth and I want you to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost right now
pray in the Holy Ghost. Build an altar. Build a wall. Build a relationship. Build up yourself by praying in the Holy Ghost. Come on, don't stop. Come on. Come on. I wish the spirit of intercession. I wish travail would come over this place right now. Come on. Travail for your city. Travail for your families. Travail for this nation. When Zion travails. Do you want to see it? Do you want to be a part of it?